You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Grind Season. We are celebrating that you guys came back and joined us today. Jason Smith, we made it to another show. People have tuned in again. Some people tune in for the first time. Thank you guys for listening last week and subscribing. Uh, we'll bring you this show twice a week. Uh, we talk about the Memphis Grizzlies here. It's impossible to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies without talking about the entire NBA. So you're going to hear some NBA talk here as well. I'm here with my friend Jason Smith, back for another episode of Grind Season. Jason, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing well, brother. They're saying they're letting us do another episode, man. So yeah, I guess man, things went well enough on the first one. Now, yeah. they're, uh, we haven't won a game since we did this our last yeah, episode. We might need to shut this down. <laughs> the Grizzlies are 0-2. We're not doing that though. We're grinding, Sam. No, we got to grind. We got to push not through. Shut it down. We got to push through. We're, we're yep. not. We're not stopping for sure. Um, this episode of Grind Season, we're going to talk about what's happened since the last time we talked, which is the Grizzlies going over two against the Utah Jazz uh, on the road. I predicted a uh, undefeated uh, road trip. So right now we're one and two on this trip, hoping for five hundred against uh, Portland. So, yeah, that prediction is looking very bold and wrong uh, right now. Also, we're going to talk about, uh, like, what's what's happening? What's going on with the team? How can we bump through this? What is Utah? Who is Utah? Are they good? Are they bad? Were those bad losses? Was it one good loss and a bad loss? What was it? What did we just see over the last two days? Also, we're going to talk about uh, what has new depressing news in, in the NBA today. Is uh, Brooklyn Nets head coach Steve Nash uh, was fired, forced to step down, whatever they had to do. They didn't do him like old school. You know, typically they'll say a guy to step down and say, no, get your ass up out of here, Steve Nash. You were fired. Like, we ain't even finna hide the fact that we're getting you up out of here. That, that was uh, a little, little different today. You know, normally guys get a chance to save face. But Steve Nash was let go today. And it is imminent that Ime Udoka, uh, the most controversial coach of this past summer, uh, will be taking over just – it was just a perfect situation. We'll talk about that as well uh, to bring in a guy like Ami Udoka to a situation like what's going on in Brooklyn. And before we wrap up the show today, we're going to talk about something that has me excited. I'm not sure uh, if Jason cares about this type of stuff or not, but I saw a Nike commercial today featuring uh, Demetrius Jamel Morant and his <laughs> daughter. So, yeah, that got me excited because I feel like that shoe is around the corner. We'll talk about that and more today. Um, but like I said to start the show, we're going to talk about uh, the road trip that includes uh, two losses to the Utah Jazz. Jason, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no clue what Utah is. I'm not. I'm. I don't. I don't know. We. I was talking about this with a group of friends uh, yesterday, last night, really during the game, and we were debating about it. Is Utah a good team or they a bad team? Are they as good as their record is? Will this hold up? All those type of things. And the, the, my my sentiment is this about the Utah Jazz. It's hard for me to call you a good team when I know good and well your intention was not to be good this year. <laughs> and right. I know by the end of the year you're probably going to do something dramatic, so you won't be good. 
So it's hard for me to really gauge what these guys are. Those two losses we had, uh, you know, you had those two guys in Olenek and, and Marketing who are stretch bigs. Who, and and uh, we didn't get much from Olenek last night, but he killed us the first game. What do you think this Utah Jazz team is? You know, it, it's a better collection of talent, mm-hmm. right, than, than what you said, than I think we all anticipated. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the deal. It's fit better together than we all anticipated. Oh, yeah, I thought they sure. just had a bunch of pieces. Just a bunch but of what, random hit, hit the X button and see who pops up on your team. Exactly. But yeah. what we found out is that they all fit together pretty well. And, again, a bunch of guys that are selfless right now are playing mm-hmm. some pretty good basketball. Now, again, saying I think you nailed it. You know, you know where they hurt you was with those you know long range shooting bigs, the Linux, right, the right. Markinens, and right now without a Jaron Jackson, you know that, that it, it's it's hard to guard those guys for the Grizzlies. You're asking guys like Santi Aldama to fill in, but so so I think saying it's a little bit of a little bit of two things. Right now, Grizzlies worst team in the NBA defensively, literally mm-hmm. ranked dead last. We know that's night and day from last year when they were number mm-hmm. six in the league, having Jaron Jackson there. That's part of it, and then. Utah playing as well as they are early in the season saying I'm with you. I think eventually they come back down to earth, mm-hmm. but look, the, the bottom line based on what we've seen so far is Danny Ainge going to have a decision to make. Do I continue to tear down right and hope getting more picks, whatever else, or do I build with what I've got right now? And what he's got is a nice little combination of guys that maybe you decide, you know what, we're going to, we're going to work from here rather than going further back right rather than breaking it down further we all thought it'd be a tanking season but you know i'm not sure based on what i've seen that that's going to be the way they go maybe they ultimately decide that's it because again Mm -hmm. this doesn't saying you you tell me this team can't compete this team is not a contender so maybe you continue with the breakdown plan but it's better than uh than we all thought to start the year and uh, you well, add that with the fact that the Grizzlies, it's it's patchwork defensively right now, mm-hmm. and you get those two outcomes. And you still yeah. had a chance. Let's be real. You still had a chance to win that first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin, you know, Desmond Bain slips, has a chance to put up a shot to win the game. So considering all things, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not overly disappointed in the Grizzlies. And, yeah, I think you got to tip your cap to Utah this early season. Yeah, they're they're definitely much better than a lot of people anticipated. Right. Um, it feels like Danny Ainge at one point is going to hit the – the doomsday button and destroy this team. But uh, real quickly, I, and this isn't a Utah Jazz podcast. Uh, I, if, if Utah Jazz have two black men covering their team in a podcast, there would truly be <laughs> an historical moment. But this is not that moment. Uh, like I said, this is not Utah Jazz podcast. But I will say this. I'm seeing what they have out there. I understand everyone in the in the NBA is getting ready to blow up their team and tank to get Victor Wembanyama, who I will say may be the best prospect since LeBron James. And some people say he's a better prospect coming into the NBA, more complete player than LeBron James. I I, I can agree with any any of those sentiments. But what's going to be the difference in Victor Wembanyama's thirty something points that he'll be he'll score on big games on a on a Monday night? And what we saw from Laurie Marketing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not I'm not saying they're anywhere close to the same player, but I think they need to be real selective in, in their breakdown because the team the they you don't want to you don't want to blow this thing up just for a chance to exactly. sign a uniform player, and then you have nothing to show you for you have him. nothing around him. That, exactly. that team I saw last night, if nothing else, man, they can be a play-in quality team if they decide, hey man, we're just gonna ride this and then see what's happened. But see what happens. I think that team can compete. You know, uh, even going into you know the playing round or whatever, but uh, like I said, man, it, it seems like they're gonna blow it up. But I would, I would not mind them calling the audible on that at all for sure. Mm-hmm. 
No, I think it, I think it'd be smart to based on what we've seen early on this season. I'm with you. You can have Winbanyama, but if you've got nothing around him, how long yeah, is that process going to be? You've already got a pretty nice start on the foundation yeah. with at least a yeah. couple of these guys. So, like mm-hmm. I said, maybe maybe Ainge rethinks the approach here in terms of how much you break it down because they got more than we all thought. Right, Sexton sure. as well. Saying Sexton oh, looks yeah. like he's ready, matured, and 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 ready mm-hmm. to be a consistently contributing member of a of a good team. We'll see. It's 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 still what are we six seven games in here. Uh, they'll come yeah. back down to earth, but I've been impressed by what I've seen. Yeah, I like what I see. I joked about it. I was saying, man, I'm not concerned about losing a team where Laurie Markin is your best player. But but I, I did not know Laurie, Laurie Markin is going to turn to Dirk Nowitzki, like, you know, in the offseason. And yeah. I know you, you've you got some Chicago roots. I know you've seen the Chicago Bulls up close. He was there. And he, he wouldn't this dude, and he, he definitely wouldn't this well, dude in Cleveland. Either. It, it's, it's the willingness to stick his nose in there. It's the toughness difference yeah. now. It's the biggest yeah. difference between him and when he was a Bull, even during his time in Cleveland. Like mm-hmm. last night, I think it was 11 boards to go mm-hmm. with the 31 points. He's it, it, That and you add to the fact Memphis really didn't have anything in there, you know, at that rim right now yeah. other than Steven Adams. They're just not themselves defensively made a little bit mm-hmm. easier for him too. But he looked all-star level in the two games against Yeah, Memphis. and nothing no about Marketing too, when he was in Chicago and even a little bit in Cleveland, they were trying to make him a 4-5. or five. Right. They're, he's playing the three right now. And he's a matchup and, nightmare, man. Yeah, you know, perfect for him. For sure. For sure. Um, also from last night, something that I think is uh, definitely needs to be talked about. We're going to talk about the defense more in depth. But uh, you've seen a lot of guys out there now. We're kind of pulling from our reserves, like literally, you know what I mean? Uh, we're, we're pulling from guys who uh, – but something I definitely want to talk about is we're seeing the team really pull from their reserves literally right now. Uh, they're not operating from their overflow. Uh, me and you both have a church background. And uh, I know that uh, you would talk. I would hear pastors say things like, "Giving from your overflow and not from your from your abundance and your overflow and not from your reserve." The Grizzlies are definitely giving from their reserve right now. With uh, a lot of guys out uh, last night's game, Brandon Clark got hurt uh, with a finger injury. Stephen Adams got hurt with a jaw injury. Uh, Desmond Bain was out with an ankle tweak um, that he suffered. Uh, I think I heard they said he suffered that injury on that play you talked about where he had that fall. But. Uh, we're kind of the dilemma now, Jason, where you're seeing guys who, um, well, well, clock may be striking midnight on some of these guys that we're seeing. And not saying they're bad players, but they're not particularly the type of guys that need to be in the situation they're in. Um, and there's namely two guys that I'll say about this. Sante Aldama is one, and uh, John Conchar is the other. Absolutely. These guys are great; have been great reserves. We've seen Santi play good minutes, but it's, it kind of feels like maybe the adrenaline is leaving or teams are kind of scouting him differently or, you know, we know it's a, a confidence thing with him. Um, we're seeing guys kind of playing out of their role. And, and it, I'm ready to get some guys back so we can move those guys back to a reserve role that I think would be a much more comfortable place uh, for those two guys in particular. And, and um I think that once we once that happens, once you get a Jaron Jackson Jr. back, hopefully in the next few weeks, and you get, you know, maybe a Zaire Williams in uh, in the next few weeks to a month, Dylan Brooks uh, kind of settles in more, you can see those guys kind of step back into more of a comfortable place. And I think the most important part is that it will be uh, – it will make uh, David Wright's minutes be uh, as, as minimalistic <laughs> as possible. Uh <laughs> I, I'm pulling for Roddy, man. I, I, he's a he's a guy who he's definitely playing now because and he doesn't particularly he wouldn't be playing in a normal situation, correct? 
as much as he is now. The Grizzlies are going to play all the rookies. We know that they play their rookies, and they're definitely going to play those two, Roddy and Laravia. But Roddy's minutes, if you look at the if you look at numbers when he's on the court, is is it's kind of rough. Um, but I am confident that once those guys kind of settle in to a lesser role of responsibility, that they'll be better. But we've seen some some bad stuff from Santi and uh, and Jitty over the last few games. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, I mean, you, you you laid it out there. You're asking them to do some things. I mean, this this Taylor Jenkins got a great defensive system. We've seen it on display. And you're asking Asante Aldama to come in, hold it down for a Jaron Jackson. In John mm-hmm. Conchar's case, saying you can literally see the opponent attacking him defensively when he's on the floor. And mm-hmm. so again, as 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 good as those guys have been in terms of stepping up into into starting roles, they've got deficiencies, right? right. They're they're, they're, they're intended to be a part a back part of that back rotation, that second unit, and right now you're asking more of them. I think it'll pay off down the yeah. stretch, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I would be more concerned, Saint, if we didn't have the good vibes on Jaron, right, mm-hmm. in terms of his return, if we right. weren't feeling like it was going to be sometime this month. So, I mean, it, you know, you're sitting dead last in defense, and so much of it's him. We talked about that on the first episode. Mm-hmm. He was there almost all year for you last season. It's a big part of why you eventually got back on track defensively. So, not you know, uh, right now it's even for Roddy. You know, having to play minutes that won't you won't be asking of him later on. Hell, he'll be down playing mm-hmm. for the Memphis Hustle, uh, down for the G League. Uh, right. O of eight last night. You know, minus twenty. He found himself <laughs> in that Dallas game out guarding Luka Doncic. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. asking guys who aren't ready to do this to 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 do it. In the it now in in the regular season and and again, you know right now a, a team like Utah yeah they take advantage of that uh, but I think you you'd have to consider saying through seven games as patchwork I keep going back to that word because that's what's been for Taylor as patchwork as this thing's been with that lineup mm-hmm. Bain out for the last game yeah. you know you haven't had Zaire Williams Laravia out now for a couple of games with a non COVID illness Jai mm-hmm. out for one it's if, to be four and three through this point I, yeah. I think you'd take it. Based on just how you know how basically how this roster has not been whole yet, you, you right. you've and been pieces up to this point. And we were um, we were we were being optimistic, hoping that they would be around this record. You know, uh, have around a four hundred record or I mean a five hundred record or winning record uh, until Jaron comes back. But when they started off easy early, fourteen and one. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, my mind is all over the place. If you start off four and one. We were 14 and one. We'd be cooking with grease. But you started off four and one. You started looking like you were really good. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, there's nothing to be worried about. There's, there shouldn't be any concern um, because, like I said, they're not they're not looking terrible. The defense is horrible. But when they've been full strength, well, whatever this version of full strength is with Bain and John on the court, they've been great. Um, I think it kind of points to how much, how important a guy like Desmond Bain is as well. Um, a guy who was, was on a streak of scoring 30 straight points, uh, 30 points in three straight games. Um, I think that he, these his absence yesterday kind of showed how important he's been as a guy who can relieve pressure from John Morant. And um, if you look at trying to think who what game that was when we had oh when we played Brooklyn when we had Dylan Bain and Ja, 
Right. Dylan was struggling. Like I said, Dylan just simply being on the court helped out a lot of things as far as being that decoy or a guy that the team is going to have to, you know, scheme around uh, as being an offensive threat. I think they'll be fine. I think they're going to look well against Portland. Uh, the injury report came out. Didn't have Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark wasn't on it at all. Right. Um, I think they said jaw soreness with uh, with Stephen Adams, as opposed to waking up and seeing something like his jaw was broken, which would have been right. you know terrible. Uh, I think that's a good report. Uh, jaw wasn't on it, so you know he's going to play. Bain was listed as questionable with the ankle. I'm expecting him to go. Uh, I think this could be a nice momentum uh, game because swing things back around in, in their favor. I think they're going to be without Damian Lillard tomorrow. I think I saw that earlier. Um, so hopefully you can pick up this game in Portland. He can get back on the right track. Uh, but let me ask you one more question, though, Jason. As far as the defense, how concerned are you with this defense? Because last year, uh, it's been a lot of talk about guys like a Kyle Anderson, uh, DeAnthony Melton. If you had a guy like Kyle Anderson last night, he probably could have given a, a Laurie Markin a little bit more trouble, you know, sure. to score or whatever. Um, how concerned are you? Because last year when you brought Jaron back, you had a Dylan Brooks, you had a Danton Melton, you had Kyle Anderson, guys that are all good individual and good team defensive players. Mm-hmm. How good will you be with just Jaron back with guys who who were barbecue chicken, who were getting targeted in the Sante Aldama, in the John Conchar, these type of guys, as opposed to some of the guys you had last year? Um, it, it's a big piece of it saying you know that better than anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 one thing about it is it, it can't all be on Jaron. Clearly, he's mm-hmm. the anchor, uh, first team all defense in the NBA last year. It, you know, it it does there does have to be improvements from the guys you've got, the Stephen Adams of the world, who have got to be better at closing out on those bigs. You saw him in that second right. game. You know, after Taylor had gotten on him about trying to close out on Linux, those kind of things. So uh, I say all that to say, yes, Jaron is going to solidify things and give you that anchor you need in the middle. But you're going to need a, a, a better effort from the guys that are out there. Listen, Dylan Brooks, you know, having him back and healthy, hopefully now uh, for the rest of the season, you know, knock on wood. That's your perimeter guy. That's your guy that on the perimeter you're going to say go go guard the other team's best score when you've got Jaron in there as versatile as he is. It really gives you that inside-outside combo. And so, again, trying to judge it right now, saying, uh, mm-hmm. doing it with, with part-time guys, guys that are going to be on that second unit, Conchar, Santi Aldama, I'm just I, – I, I'd be lying to myself if I told you I was overly concerned. Again, yeah. is it going to be a quick rise from 30 back to the top 10? No. But yeah. I do think once they get Jaron back in there and they're trusting each other again, yeah. you know, so yeah. much of it is knowing who's back there. Well, yeah. when, it, when it's Santi Aldama, you know, you know, you, you know, you got to get back there. When it's Jaron, right. <laughs> a lot of times you can let that go and make you know, Jaron yeah. can make up for a lot of mistakes. So yeah. again, having him back in the middle, it'll be such a big part of the trust on defense. And again, I think I, I think things will smooth out at that point. Will they get back to top six like they were last year? Mm-hmm. Maybe not, but it'll look a lot better than it has early on this season. Right. I think it's 120 or more now saying they've given up in five of the seven games. That ain't Grizzlies basketball. Can't yeah. all be yeah. on Jaron, but we know when you get him back, hopefully this month, that's gonna it's gonna go a long right. way toward uh, getting that thing turned back in the right direction. You made some good points. You talked about how. It's a trust issue too. These are so many new guys there. They've right. got to learn to trust each other, and that, that comes with time. I mean, that, you can't get trust without time and experience. So, um, you know, that that definitely has to be a, a key element of getting this thing back together. You also mentioned Dylan Brooks, and I was watching the game last night, and I said, "Man, 
you try to analyze these games and you try to look at everything with a rational mind and, you know, you look at numbers and chemistry and all these type of things. But sometimes just good old-fashioned being crazy as hell still works. Man. <laughs> like there was a moment with Dylan Brooks yesterday where the game was getting out of hand and Dylan just started doing crazy shit. And, and, and the craziness turned into a Grizzlies comeback. And it wasn't like it was anything phenomenal happening defensively. It was just Dylan just started going crazy. You know what I mean? Getting texts and just getting on the guy's skin, had to hold, you know, Jim booing him and all these type of things and looking like a madman, stepping over Mike Conley, his former teammate, former Memphis Grizzlies legend. And it, and it turned the game around. And it's like, we, we try to simplify, we try to make basketball this big intellectual thing. And we try to give a guy his value based on numbers and, and percentages and, and, and on off all these type of things. But here, here we see a guy, like you said, in Dylan Brooks, when, when you get Dylan and Jaron back together, uh, hopefully those two guys, the combination together, can make something magical on the court because right now that defense is looking, is looking kind of, looking kind of, looking kind of rough out there, man. He, sure. Everybody needs a crazy. Saying yeah, everybody, yeah. Uh, all good teams have got a, a, a crazy or a guy. I, I don't, you know, because it got so lost because you know Utah ran off real quick to sort of yeah. bottom line your point there. I mean, you saw Dylan when he locked in on Clarkson. He was yeah. making it. Clarkson didn't want to go to the basket with Dylan on yeah. him and literally trying to be on his every step. And yeah, Dylan messed up my parlay yesterday too, man. I need, I need, I need Clarkson to kind of give me a little. Clarkson bit went three of fourteen and hated yeah. every second that Dylan was on him. And that's the thing we talk about his value and whether the Grizzlies can do it without him if they decide, you know, or if Dylan decides, hey, not going to resign. I want to hit the open market. But mm -hmm. it, it's it's those things other than. You know, set aside the bad shots and how he fits offensively and where he is in the pecking order. What right. he brings defensively, saying, is hard matters, to replace. Man. You can it bring matters. in another three and D guy, saying, yeah. but will he have the edge? Will he want that other team's right. best? To, you know, will, will he bring that sort of energy mm -hmm. like a Dylan Brooks does? There's no guarantee of that. So right. again, you, even you got a guy like a, you got a guy like a Zaire who's Dylan like a still valuable. You got mm -hmm. a guy like a Zaire who's like a six eight six nine wing, athletic. All these things. Oh man, well Zaire could just come in and do what Dylan does. So but desire, desire have the moxie to come in and just exactly. okay. I just had this whole arena mad at me because somebody just started doing wild shit for the next five minutes, and, and we're going to start coming. Yeah, I don't think that's Zaire. I know it does. That's not Zaire. It, it, it's hard to where put I'm a value on there, but there's definitely a value in those type of things. So uh, shout out to Dylan the villain, man, on Halloween coming in doing villain type stuff for sure.